4: It's the list strong. and your boy at fightful.com. fightful.com. With Jimmy Van and Sean Ross Sapp,
1: they're on fire. Oh, boom, shaka, 200 strong.
0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross it is October 5th, 2022. This is Fightful Wrestling. It is list and your boy.
4: We have Jimmy Van here. Jimmy, how you doing? Doing good, Sean Rossap. I told you off the air, this is my first attempt at a stand-up desk. <laughs> so Sean's like, oh, but 20 minutes from now, you're going to be sitting down. No, I think it'll be okay. I think I got a pinch nerve. Yeah. So uh, I am attempting to work it out myself before I have to uh, go to a chiropractor. So that's why I'm going to attempt this and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work.
0: I am doing the latter very, very soon. I had some other things I needed to square away first, but I, I've got some... I've got some nerve issues as well. I was doing a little bit of work to to get back in the ring and my body was not agreeing with it. So there's some things that uh, I've got to fix myself. So I might look into one of those myself. But you know what? I I have a better investment for people. Fightfulselect.com, it's only $5. We had news of a big signing today. Not only that, if you want your question, your statement read on the air, but you're not here for shows. Well, we have options all around. How about this? Humperchats.com that gets your question or statement read right on the air. You can leave uh Humper chats before we go on the air. Uh, you can donate super chats here on YouTube. There is a bit of a new method sometimes uh, where you've got to click the little metal, but otherwise it, it's, it's the same as usual, but Hey, how about this? Maybe you want to ask more questions every week. Well, I do a Q and a show almost every week. I say almost every week because next week I'll be in Toronto. I'll be hanging out with Jimmy van. We'll be doing a couple of live shows. I think he'll also be doing a Q and A, but uh, Grapsity has a Q and A every other week that they do as well now. So you're getting more and more. Uh, you, we're more interactive than we've ever been before. So we encourage you guys: super chats, humper chats. Send us some love. Matt Reichel gets us started out by saying, "Happy National Scissoring Day, Sean." Jimmy, do you wanna? Do you wanna? You can't do it right. No, no. Says just got my flu shot, so resting. But this Sammy On and Andrade mess is stupid. Supposed adult's acting like children. I think that's the big thing. Like I didn't even really touch this that much because I'd covered one Sammy backstage squabble already, and he was very transparent, and I actually respected his transparency. Of course, I did. I got to post it on Um This one, I, I wasn't quite sure. I was like. Was this a miscommunication? Was it real? Was it shoot? I still working through all of that, and I mean, all it takes is a couple of guys to text each other, "Hey, brother, brother, let's let's work the marks, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera, that type of thing. But uh, what are you thinking of, Jimmy? Because I, I can tell that you were pretty, you were pretty, uh,
4: you were outspoken about this. Uh, if it's a shoot, it's stupid. If it's a work, it's even more stupid. And, yeah. uh, you know, you know, what's funny is I swear to God, Sean, I thought Sammy was like 25 years old.
0: I honestly, I did too. Yes. I remember seeing Sammy for the first time, uh, SummerSlam weekend, uh, 2017. And that was yes. over five years ago. And I guess I thought he was like 20 then, but yes. yeah, he's, he's 29 years old. Jimmy, anytime you're mad at me, I'm just a dumb
4: kid. <laughs> and did yeah. I ever get, I got blistered for that because I said he's an immature kid. Cause he is. Mm -hmm. And I got blistered for that because I didn't know he's going to be 30 next year. I had no idea. And the only thing I'm going to say is this man, two years ago, um, Sammy Guevara might've been my favorite performer in the company two years ago because he was so funny and charismatic and his chemistry with the inner circle was fantastic. You know, singing Judas and always trying to break Jericho. And obviously Tony Khan thought a lot of them because he became a multi-time TNT champion. So, so he saw the potential in them and everybody talked about the four pillars, I think this year professionally has been a major step backward for Sammy Guevara. It's been a good year personally because he got married. Sure. Prof- professionally
0: that by the way.
4: Yeah, professionally I think it's been a bad year for him. I think that his marquee and his stock now is not what it was 2 years ago. And when you hear about okay, first there was the Sasha Banks comments a couple of years ago, the Eddie Kingston thing this year, now the Andrade thing, he looks like a spoiled child and I'm not going to I'm not going to mince words, he looks like a spoiled child. And Tony Khan's got to get a grip on this stuff. You know what I mean? Because there's been example after example after example of this kind of shit happening in the in the AEW locker room. They got to try to get a grip. And I want to say one thing. So so some people tried to defend, I guess, AEW by saying, well, what about Shawn Michaels? Because there were some people that came out sure. and said, well, Vince McMahon never would have allowed this, right? And people said, what about Shawn Michaels? What have I told you before? When you were a manager, sometimes you have to eat shit for your top performers because that's reality. Yep. Shawn Michaels was a main eventer. He was the top draw in the company. So Vince had to kind of tolerate a shit. Samuel Guevara is not a main eventer. He is not a top draw. He's not even getting reactions live anymore. And so he should have a way shorter leash uh, than, than a guy like Shawn Michaels in his prime. Tony Khan needs to sit down with him and he needs to say, stay the fuck off Twitter. Stay the fuck off twitter if you got a problem with somebody you go to them and you talk to them about it you don't post this bullshit on twitter he needs to fucking grow up and and uh that's all i can say about it i saw all the stuff you put on twitter and andrade seemed to be pretty cool about it and and i think sammy tried to claim you know bullshit we never you never came to me and then that reporter said yes yes he did because i was standing there when mm-hmm. he did so uh he needs to grow up, man. When I saw that he's going to be 30 next year, you can't use the immature kid excuse anymore. So uh, he's got to grow up. That's all there is to it. It would be fantastic, and they won't do it, but it would be fantastic if Tony handled this the way that Vince handled Hunter when he felt <laughs> matured to punish somebody over the curtain call because he saw the professionalism that Hunter had because Hunter basically ate shit for three months. Yes. I'd, I'd like to see... How do you think Sammy Guevara would handle it if he goes on job duty for two months on television, Sean? How do you think he would handle it?
0: Um, I don't know because he didn't seem keen on the impacts creative whenever he was sent that direction as well. Right. Um, I, I can tell you that my my interactions with Sammy have all been positive. I have not yet had a negative interaction with him. And um, I don't think that Twitter it provides the full scope of either one of these guys uh, either Andrade or Sammy Guevara. So I don't know if that's necessarily fair. I do th- like the comparison that you made to Shawn Michaels. Like th- there have been people that have been on our staff where I'm like, uh, you know, I really don't like dealing with this. And then I'm like, well, I deal with it because they're very good at what they do. Right. And and that's why you, you let that slide. And that's why you, you give a little more lenience there. As far as the getting off a of Twitter thing, ultimately he is an adult. I can tell you, I, I have tweeted about 25% as much in October as I was in September. Granted, September was the biggest professional month of my life, but it has been overwhelmingly positive that I have stayed off of Twitter more and more and more. Um, All due respect to the wonderful people that we, we have following us there, really enjoy interacting with them. But this is a thing that I, it was the prevailing thought that I saw on social media. Like, Kazim familiar day i i love him i think that he is a brilliant guy and he's responsible for a lot of really good creative moments he's like i'm just begging you all one good storyline not this work shoot stuff or just keep it off once the punk elite thing happened i think you scale that shit back you scale that shit back because nothing is going to be more interesting than what happened there and that wasn't a storyline So I'm sorry, but whatever you do after that is going to feel like either a knockoff or just less entertaining than than what the real thing. Like I, I had to explain, I bought a vehicle the other day, had to explain to the guy, yeah, I cover pro wrestling, but actually a lot of the things that we cover are fights that happen backstage that are more interesting than what we see on screen sometimes. And then he says, well, how do you know it's not, fake and i'm like well that's the thing and that's where we are in this one i don't know necessarily who was referring to who and you gotta remember a lot of the time when sammy says this wild shit it's just him promoting a vlog like that's it that's that's the long and the short of it he has an incredibly successful vlog and i'm not talking like for wrestling i'm talking like in general his vlog is like very 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 successful and if he's like i don't know it might be time to quit it's it's a vlog promo that's what it is <clears throat> so as far as that goes i do think that the people should probably approach that differently like for example the title of sammy's vlogs the last few weeks have been um for let's let's see Goodbye friend, it's time to tell the truth. Is this the end? AEW, let's talk. Like goodbye. Like this that's what he does. Like he he So uh, what you didn't see on AEW, Old Friend and Cody Rhodes is the 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 thumbnail of it, like that's just the way that some of this works for him.
4: I mean, let me ask you this. So you know how people, oftentimes they, even if it's black and white in front of their face, sometimes they still see gray. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's sure. Like, it's, it's like the white rabbit stuff. There are people commenting saying, "Could it be Baron Corbin? Could it be Elias?" Uh, Eli- I almost said <laughs> Elias Theodoro. Could it be Elias Sampson? Right. Yeah. So people always want to see the gray. So even if Sam is doing that to to promote a blog, if I'm Tony Khan and he's posting shit like, uh, "What did he say? Uh, you're a favor hire." Yeah. Uh, all this. Why would you promote him? If you're Tony Khan, why, you put, why are you putting him on television? You know what I mean? I wouldn't. Um, yeah.
0: W- once it goes into the realm of wrestling is fake, but this is real, that's where I hate it. That's where I hate it. I don't yeah. like any of that shit. Because I'm watching a TV show. And all due respect to Sammy and Andrade, they ain't Deadpool. And I I don't get them looking at the camera and being like, fake type of thing. It ain't for me. Yeah, it ain't, it I ain't mean, something.
4: again, if if it's a work, it's really stupid. But it, yeah. if if it's a shoot, then Sammy just needs to talk to Andrade in the locker room. You don't do this bullshit. You know what I mean? Sammy,
0: Sammy can be. I think he can be a top talent. Like
4: hundred. I mean, he, two You know so what's funny? Good. One of the things I said on Twitter that seemed to ruffle feathers for some reason. I said two years ago he was on the verge of superstardom. He was. I believe I believe that he was yeah. right. And again, that's why he was, he was the TNT champion because Tony Khan saw it too. He was on the verge of superstardom and he's really taken a step, I think a major step backward, uh, professionally. And this, this might be one of the reasons why, but, but he's not, you know, he's not, he's not 17. If you have a problem with somebody, you go talk to them on Wednesday when you're at the, at the show.
0: Yeah. You know, that's it. I, I'm i in agreement with that. And I didn't, I I didn't dig too far into this. I mean, the people that I spoke to and, and I'll have more on this today, just weren't thrilled that the situation was being put out there. And I, again, fightfulselect.com. I will have i I'll have an update on the reaction to that today. It's just like, man, like I think that Sammy and Andrade are two just miraculously talented performers. Just so good. I'm okay with, with building something on social media because that's the, that's the age we live in. There's going to be people building feuds on TikTok for the next five, six years as well. It, it just happens. Uh, Joel says, it's peak comedy to me that Sammy accuses Andrade of getting hired by AEW because of Rick, when Rick couldn't get himself hired by <laughs> AEW. Yeah, that much I can say. Rick Flair had nothing to do. With AEW hiring Andrade. Andrade got hired because he's one of the best talents in the world. Because he's remarkably charismatic. That's why. KE775 says, do you think we'll be seeing any call-ups from NXT soon? Yeah, I think we're going to see Legato called up. I think Toxic Attraction will come up full-time as well. Jeremy says, I haven't checked or I've checked anything for a few hours. Did anybody say anything about Tony Khan calling Andrade a terrible guy? If it's the work, that's still BS. No way. I haven't seen that at all. No
4: way. I, I, he, I, I I would be shocked if you publicly said that about a talent. No way. No
0: way. Like I'll like somebody, please send me that quote. If that's a thing, like, did
4: I miss that? I think there's no way he, Tony Khan's way smarter than that. I think.
0: Yeah. Collins, our good friend says, if everyone has a problem with you, you're the problem, right? With the tie overly PDA on screen to the feuds with folks backstage. Does this paint Sammy in a positive uh, way anyway? How can you spin this? Jimmy, have you seen Super Bad?
4: Yes, a long time ago.
0: Yes. Okay. There's a character. So, so Seth Rogen's character is dating a high schooler, yes. aged, aged even more horribly than it was then. It was already bad. Mm-hmm. But he goes there, and there's this jock that is like talking to his girlfriend. And this jock is like, don't worry, bro. I'll watch her ass for you next year at college. And it's the guy that Seth Rogen is jealous of. I always thought that was a good Sammy character. That guy, he he's pretending to be nice to you, but you know what he's doing. Mm. You know he's a piece of shit deep down. And I think that's the way they got to spin it on TV. I think that's the way you got to do it, is that you you play off of all those criticisms. That's what the Young Bucks did. You don't like him doing super kicks. They're going to do a hundred of them. You don't like him doing flips. They're going to flip before they rake somebody's back. So Sammy is as obnoxious as possible on screen.
4: And that's totally cool. If they want to use that to get him over as a heel. Yeah. So far, there's been no story, no, no opportunity for comeuppance. He's in the shadows. You know what I mean? So but it, but if that's what they're what they're thinking is that they're gonna spin it, and make them uh, make them like you said, like a chicken should heal fine.
0: Doug says, Hey Sean, any plans on doing a get together for the Toronto show? Not an official one. I might like go to a pub or something like that shortly before and say, Hey guys, this is where I'm headed, but nothing in the official aspect of that. There's there's a lot of stuff we gotta work out. But I think eventually we'll do one of those.
4: I got a great idea. How about you go to the rec room <laughs> on October twelfth? I would love that. And you can help promote black Adam that night, Sean.
0: I would love that. That's when the rock is there. Yeah. That's when the rock is going to be, um, yeah. Before before
4: he walks down the aisle on dynamite life, right? It was
0: pineapple express. I was talking about not super bad. That's my bad. Okay, Okay. Um, but yeah, Jake says wrestling Inc posted that in a kayfabe interview yesterday. Well, I wish I could get an interview with Tony Khan. Um, let let's yeah. Somebody sends me that. Um, But I, yeah, I don't think that it's, I don't think he would say that legitimately. Ryan says, speaking of Andrade, does anyone find it bizarre that he says he could have Charlotte talk to Triple H for him uh, when it comes to keeping in contact in case he goes back there? Don't know why he'd admit that publicly. I don't know why he'd admit it publicly, but I mean, it's common sense. Like, sometimes I admire the fact that people.
2: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on.
0: I just, I just appreciate that sometimes.
4: Let me ask you this, Sean. So rampage this Friday, they're doing Andrade against 10. And the stipulation is if 10 loses, he loses the mask. And if Andrade loses, he leaves AEW. And there's a lot of people, of course, that are like, oh, this is it. This is it. Right. Here, here's I think the, here's
0: the quote. He says, Andrade is a terrible guy. If he loses this match, he would leave AEW forever. Frankly, the way things have gone with Andrade and the way he things have carried on. I think a lot of people might not mind that, but it'll be an interesting situation to follow. I'm shocked that he even said that in character. Yeah, honestly. he meant it in
4: character, and I agree. I agree. But
0: yeah, it's it's you ask him one question on an interview and he goes off for the next 10 minutes promoting everything else. So I'm not surprised.
4: Well, anyway, um, everybody seems to think that it's a foregone conclusion. Andrade's gonna lose to 10 and leave AEW. And to me, I look at it like do people forget what a contract is? You know what I mean? Yeah. So to me, it seems a foregone conclusion that Ten's going to lose the mask because he needs to do that to evolve as a character, yeah. as a performer. But everybody is convinced this is it for Andrade. He's got a. Do you know the terms of his contract? I mean, he's got a contract.
0: I know some of the terms, but not enough to comfortably report.
4: Okay. okay. But
0: yeah, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on getting some more on that. As far as 10, I think if he loses his mask, I think a really good approach would be, I can't remember if anybody else, I'm sure plenty of people have done it in Lucha and stuff, but Al Snow when he was Avatar would come out with the mask and then take it off for the match. I think that'd be a good way to pay homage to Brody Lee, but then also continue to evolve as well. And Andrade
4: does that too. Yeah, Andrade does that as well. Joel Wood
0: says, with Triple H liking tag team wrestling more than Vince did, do you think they have any potential to be what the AEW's tag division is? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think they have the potential to be what AEW's tag division was. I think that they don't, AEW doesn't quite have the depth that they once had because the young bucks are out and uh, LAX uh, aren't around to do anything anymore. One of them's hurt and FTR aren't getting booked. So
4: amazing, yeah, it's amazing. They were so hot. I absolutely
0: think that I, I absolutely think that, but you know what? You can return your browsing experience to its glory days. Thanks to NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Four additional months free. 30-day money-back guarantee. Works on all of your devices. Well, you might be saying, what works on all my devices? NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Change your virtual location with just one click. Gain access to a lot more content. Content at a much more affordable price get that online threat protection, blocks online trackers, malware, annoying pop-up ads, all with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. You can get a a VPN, a pass, a locker, or all three with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling over the next couple weeks. I already have. Went from Cleveland back to Kentucky. Did Cincinnati last week. Got Toronto next week. I'll be in and out of Detroit and Charlotte back to Cincinnati when I'm on that unsecured Wi-Fi. On that hotel, airport, Wi-Fi, I want to make sure I'm safe. NordVPN.com slash Fightful does that. And also, I'm not going to miss any of my favorite shows because I'm able to change my virtual location with just one click. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. You can also use that promo code Fightful. Probably my favorite sponsor that
4: we have. Use it every single day. I want to send condolences to the family and friends of Antonio Inoki who uh, passed away last Friday at the age of 79. And I know a lot of people that watch this podcast, they might not be overly familiar with him. They might not be familiar about his history. And I want to give some high-level detail because he was a fascinating dude. Sure was. Um, so just some high-level detail. So there was a guy in the 50s in Japan. He was known as Ricky Dozan. And he was Japan's maybe biggest wrestling star of all time. Like, he was kind of like a, a, the forefather of... of uh, of pro wrestling in Japan, two of his top students, one of them was a guy that went on to be known as Giant Baba, and the other was Antonio Inoki. Another legend. Another legend, yeah. And when Ricky Dozan was killed, he was stabbed by a member of the Yakuza in a nightclub and ended up dying. When he was killed, Baba and Inoki left his promotion and started their own. And, And Inoki started New Japan Pro Wrestling. Baba started All Japan Pro Wrestling. And they were the two, you know, premier companies in Japan for decades. New Japan still is the top company there today. And Inoki, he's a legendary wrestling figure in Japan. He became a politician, a uh, promoter. He did the Muhammad Ali fight back in uh, 76. Yeah. He promoted the two shows to WCW North Korea, where they did over 100,000 spectators because it was mandatory. <laughs> they, they, had, they had to go, mm-hmm. but they did over 100,000 a show guy was a legend and he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. So uh what a run. What a run. One of the all-time greats from Japan. So condolences to his family.
0: Huge condolences. I, I thought he was even older than than what he was, but man just uh I said this last week. It's on New Japan World, please if you- if you go out of your way to watch one match this week, watch Antonio Inoki versus Billy Robinson. Um that's a match that I studied an awful lot cuz of cuz of uh the background I came from. And that's really what introduced me to the, the, the true body of Antonio Noki's work beyond new Japan, beyond the stuff that I knew obviously about him making Vader, like he made Vader and it transcended into America. Uh, but the guy is, I, I would say one of the five most important people in pro wrestling history, probably at this point, because, um, because of what he did and, and all that he accomplished and th- the scene that he cultivated and what we have today, so want to send our condolences and our love uh, to, to his friends, his family, his, his fans. But man, Antonio Anoki, like beyond beyond wrestling, Jimmy, he transcended everything. Like he had respect from the MMA world, yep. all that. I mean, you would see when Lyoto Machida was coming up, he came up in the New Japan Dojo, and you would see that video of Antonio Inoki uh, slapping him as well. Then, of course, he, he main-evented the, the most watched, whatever you want to say, it was the most watched wrestling match in person ever uh, for Collision in Korea. Just unbelievable, the, the the footprint that he has on wrestling and will have probably forever on wrestling because I mean, it's just that he changed the landscape and new Japan has been a viable option for people in America, for people in Japan, for as long as I've been around and uh, man, just, just uh, an incredible loss, an incredible loss.
4: And if you guys want to be entertained for a few minutes, go on YouTube, look up Antonio Inoki versus the great Antonio.
0: Oh my God. That up. That, listen, that's, that's how I, that's what I first saw of Antonio Inoki yep. besides like video games that I would end up playing and seeing him that ass whipping that he uncorked on the great Antonio. It was, it was a viral clip because Bill oh, Burr, was it because Bill Burr, who is a comedian talked about it recently about, uh, within the last 10 years. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Bill okay. Burr like did a, a, a recap of it. Oh, and, he did? I had oh, no idea. Oh yeah. It was good. It was really good. But uh the great Antonio was not long for this wrestling world <laughs> after no. he got his ass whipped Yes, a note. He
4: deserved it too. I mean, he knows yeah. sold drop kicks, everything. He deserved it. They had and wrestled each other before, too, which is the wild
0: thing. Yeah. Like I don't they, know. they had worked with each other before, but man, what how dumb do you gotta be? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like there's yeah. He was dumb enough to do it, but you had to know what was coming your way, right? Like, you yeah. had to know what was coming your way. And
4: Enoki gave him opportunity. It, it's not yes. like he no-sold once. You know what I mean? Enoki gave him opportunity, and he continued to no-sell. And so Enoki took care of business. And yeah. uh, it was fascinating. That oh, was, yeah. That's a fascinating clip.
0: But some of his greatest matches, um, the, the Vader match in 96, when Vader was just in between WCW and WWF, that's one you got to watch. Uh, Fujinami from 88. He, he had a really great match against Hulk Hogan in the eighties as well. But like Masa Saito, Bob Backlund, uh, Tenryu, uh, th- th- there are so many iconic, uh, Antonio Inoki matches, uh, that, that you can go out of your way. You can check out if, if they're available. Dory Funk Jr. And in the sixties in the even, and a lot of these are like two out of three falls matches. So they're, they're really extended, but, um, man, what a loss. What a loss. We have Ryan Martin sending in a super chat. Uh, remember, guys, get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. Before we get into this, I want to talk about some of the the schedule changes we have over the next couple of weeks. So, Will Washington filled in on this past week's Monday Night Raw show. I want to thank him for that. He's filling in for me next week because I'll be traveling. Um, also, I think... I. I believe, I'm not going to officially announce it, but I'll tentatively announce it. John Alba filling in for me on the AEW show next week as I'll be in Toronto. But this Saturday, uh, we're going to have a triple feature. We're going to be on the air all day. Grapsity at noon, 3 p.m. Eastern. Denise and Steven Jensen will have the Bound for Glory post show. Normally, we'd be doing that right after the show on Friday, but SmackDown and Rampage are that night. Then Saturday night, myself and Denise are right back here for extreme rules and you know we're going to have a ton of exclusives as it relates to that show because we've been reporting like all the news about extreme rules of late on uh, next yeah next monday well washington's filling in for me next uh wednesday john alba's filling in for me and then i'll be in cincinnati for the tuesday dynamite after that it looks like right now kate and alex are going to do like the old school hybrid nxt versus aew post show that night so a lot of cool stuff coming your way. A reminder fightfulselect.com. Rob Wilkins has been uh, busting his ass over there doing uh, pay per view preview shows as well. So check that out.
4: Sean, are you like getting air miles for all this stuff? You get racking up air miles? I get my orbits bucks, and that doesn't amount to much. That Orbitz much, I bucks? tell you. How much ah. I tell you? What about the credit card points when you put this I, stuff on a credit card?
0: I did get a credit card recently, so I could get points. Uh-huh. I was I didn't do credit cards before that, but I'm trying you to see rack-
4: see what he does because he he thinks I don't know. Muted Ryan Martin says, "Can someone explain to me why FTR
0: aren't being booked?" <laughs> Dax recently called out Tony after an indie match, and he said, "Tony, we still work for you. Book us, brother." It makes no sense to me. Well, Tony and Dax have a really good relationship. That was a joke. Just just so you guys know, that was a joke. And I was like, well, that obviously that's going to get the headlines because the match isn't out yet. They didn't air the match live. Until people see what is being referred to, Jimmy, as one of the greatest tag team matches of all time, people can only take the snippets and the headlines. Uh, I do think they should be booked more, but that that comment was just in jest. But I do agree they should be booked more. K-775 says, do you expect Rollins to beat Lashley next Monday when the U.S. title seems like something they do for the season premiere? I do. Um, Now, if he loses Fight Pit, which I expect, and wins the U.S. title, I don't know how I'll feel about it. I kind of like that if they're going to have him lose, but they want him to win the U.S. title, that they're setting it up before. Because Riddle could be like, why the hell didn't I
4: get a title shot?
0: I just beat him type of thing.
4: So they already kind of, so I, I think Cormier is going to play into the finish because they already Definitely. hinted that Cormier is a Seth Rollins fan and, and Cormier, yes. Cormier legitimately in the past has talked about it. When Seth cashed in money to make it at WrestleMania, Cormier was there and there yeah. was a video of him going ape when, when Rollins cashed in. So I, posted on... a,
0: I posted a video, sorry to interrupt of a Q and a that Daniel Cormier crashed of CM punks where he said, here's my question. Was that really Seth Rollins' number you gave me yes, earlier? Yes,
4: yes, yes, yes. Right. It's amazing. Right. So on Raw, they alluded to the fact that Cormier is a fan of Seth Rollins. Uh, I think that's going to somehow play into the finish uh, on on Riddle side, and so I think Cormier is going to play into the finish. But uh, it does make sense to me. Rollins, you know what? I was going to talk about this later, but let's talk about this now. Rollins did the interview with Ariel Hawani.
0: Great interview. And,
4: And he said that he feels like he's never been the guy in WWE. He said he feels like he's living in the Roman era. Mm -hmm. He's not wrong because like Roman is clearly their number one guy. But I think in 2022, when it comes to who has outperformed who, I don't think it's close. I think Seth Rollins has greatly outperformed Roman Reigns, uh, in all aspects, in terms of match quality, in terms of finish quality, in terms of promos in all aspects. And, and with all respect to Roman, it's not necessarily his fault. I'm really sorry. I was just, I was just going to say, I'm really tired of the match formula that Roman Reigns has had going where the bloodline blatantly interferes every single time. I'm really tired of it. And, uh, and so I think in 2022, Seth Rollins has very clearly outperformed Roman Reigns, but Roman is still WWE's top guy.
0: Roman's the biggest star in an ensemble cast right now. And he's got a lot more to play off of. And the the sheer fact that Rollins is around more helps. I don't think that Rollins should... Rollins should probably give himself some more credit. Because I really felt like in 2015, before his knee injury, between winning the title and his knee injury, I thought he was the guy. I thought that was very clear. WWE looked and they said, uh... This ain't working what we're doing, so let's rock with Rollins and have him cash in money in the bank. Now, as it turns out, Jimmy, all they needed to do was have Roman Reigns from the beginning do exactly what he's doing now. However, probably best considering, you know, the guy got leukemia that things happened the way eventually that they did because now he's able to have the run they've always wanted. But they spent... Five years trying to make Fetch happen with Roman Reigns. And then finally it did. But I think that he he was the guy. I think Rollins was the guy there. Uh, Swaran says, just a little thanks for working hard for all the scoops and streams. Appreciate all the work, Sean, Jimmy, and the entire Fightful team. I appreciate you guys. Uh, please subscribe to Fightful Select. We're going to have a lot more good scoops. I know a lot of you signed up for people getting bit and chairs being thrown <laughs> at their faces. But I promise you guys, if you try it, you'll love it. I know we'll probably dip back down under 10,000 uh, this week, but let's keep us up above that.
4: And never say we've peaked, Sean. Never say we've peaked. I think we have. Never say that.
0: Meh. Meh. But yeah, I think Rollins wins the title next week, by the way. Drew says, Do you think the White Rabbit is revealed at Extreme Rules, Raw season premiere, or later? Which one is the right call in your opinion? I think the first of, uh, of a big series of reveals is extreme rules. I was told the reveal at extreme rules. Then they stepped off the gas pedal a little bit over that. I don't know. Maybe there was some heat because it got out, but I mm-hmm. can see them adjusting that as well. Now that I've
4: reported it. Let me ask you about this. So on uh, rod, they had the latest QR code. And there was a couple things that came out of that. One was they displayed the number uh 2022 which is the date of extreme rules. Another yeah. one was the picture of Samson and Delilah. Uh, and if anybody's not familiar with that, it's a biblical story. They were lovers. He revealed to her that his strength comes from his hair. She betrayed him, cut his hair, and gave him to his enemies, kind of thing. Right after WrestleMania last year, when Alexa Bliss turned on Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt posted another picture of Samson on Twitter. And so obviously, that is the connection. The two pictures yeah. of Samson and Delia. Here's my question for you, though. So they posted the picture of Samson and Delia. He had posted the picture of Samson after Alexa turned on him. You don't think that they would have Bray Wyatt return and target Alexa? Because, like, what's the where are you going? Because the only thing I can possibly think of if they did that, Alexa needs uh, someone to defend her. And who's the wrestler on the roster that's got a connection to Alexa Bliss? Braun Strowman. Do we want to see that for the 18,000th time? No, we don't. So, where do you like what's your opinion? Put on your creative hat for a second. What do you think is the optimum first program for Bray Wyatt? Uh, So, like,
0: I, I think back to what Rollins said in that Helwani interview, that everybody that feuded with Bray Wyatt came out the worse for it. I don't think it should be Drew McIntyre. I don't think it should be Killer Cross, Karen Cross. I think it needs to be somebody with a good name that people care about, and it needs to be rooted in some some semblance of gravity and realism to where it doesn't make the other person look stupid or dumb and can afford to lose, but it will mean something if Bray Wyatt beats them, recruits them, takes them, whatever it may be. Oh man, it is, it is. uh,
4: The other thing that they need to do edge could be a good one. Maybe, but I mean, that might be interesting. Yeah. That might be interesting. They, they have to back away. So when, when Bray was being built as the fiend, it was one thing when they did the mind game stuff, because that's cool. That that was Undertaker's thing for years. That's fine. But with the fiend, then they went to the point of he's immortal. He gets burned in the ring and he comes back. This kind of bullshit. Like I think they got to back away from that. Let they can do the mind game stuff, but once he's in the ring, he's a man and, and he can win and he can lose, just like the Undertaker. That I think will have legs. Cause I understand what Seth Rollins is saying. But if they just the mind games builds the match, but he's a man when he's in the ring, he could win, he could lose. Then, then it could it could have longevity. I don't want to see Bray and Braun Strowman. Do you, Sean? Does anybody? No.
0: I mean, no. I, if they were a group, I wouldn't mind it. Sure, I, I think, sure, sure. I think that a group with Carrying Cross, Scarlet Bray, and Braun could be really good. I think that that could be at least, you know, highlight. I think that Cross and Braun as a team, sign me up for that with Wyatt leaving them. Like, I would love that. I think that'd be great. And then eventually you can spawn them off into top single stars. Scarlet can be versatile there. I would like to keep that sort of world (laughs) of its own. I just, I don't want anything that I look at and I can't believe. It's something Will and I talked about. Like, why didn't the Undertaker just electrocute people in the ring all the time? I don't want to see the worms on the projected onto the ring yeah, and it was all that stupid. stuff.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Stick with horror movie, final boss. And I'm fine. I, I, I said this on Monday, Jimmy, where I live in Kentucky, I watched the Wyatt family. And I believed if I walked 10 minutes West into the woods, I could run into those three guys. And that was, that was cool to me. It was not cool to me when they were doing disappearing acts and everything. It was cool to me when I was a little kid and I watched the undertaker do it. But, right. um, right.
4: Let me ask you this. I want to ask you a couple of things related to Extreme Rules because this is, I think, a very sought-after pay-per-view. Like, I think it's a very uh, in-demand pay-per-view.
0: Thank God it's on on Saturday. (laughs) On Saturday. (laughs) I love it.
4: Do you think that we're on the verge of seeing Brock Lesnar against Daniel Cormier in a WWE ring?
0: Yeah, I do. I think we do get that eventually. Saudi? I think it will be in Saudi whenever it happens. And I think it's... I think it's the right move. It's a guy that actually loves wrestling. It's another thing I talked about Monday. A whole lot of people got bamboozled because they're they, they are in the clip era of pro wrestling and they saw Cain Velazquez do a springboard arm drag in AAA and they thought, wow, he's up next. No, he right. sucked. He wasn't good. He was never going to be good. WWE figured out pretty soon that he wasn't going to be good and they said, let's get this one match out of him. Ugh. But they screwed up a, a whole plethora of booking for it do it. It doesn't need to be for a title. I don't care if Daniel Cormier is competing for a title. I don't want it. I just want to see him. I want to see interesting fights. I'm watching Anderson Silva fight Jake Paul in a few weeks, Jimmy. I just want to watch, want to watch interesting fights.
4: How have you heard anything about Cormier's physical conditioning? Like uh because I've heard he's been nursing injuries and stuff.
0: I was told uh that by somebody close to him he would need to get in shape to do a WWE run. It's okay cuz Brock awful. can go man. I don't go, know, I don't know. yeah, I don't know what necessarily that means right. as in he needs to get in shape. I don't know if that means like he's got he's got to nurse injuries or or drop weight or anything like that. I don't know what that means specifically.
4: Right. Okay, let me get your quick picks for uh, Extreme Rules real quick. So, Fight Pit Riddle Rollins. Riddle. Ronda Rousey live Morgan Extreme Rules.
0: Ronda Rousey
4: you think they're going to go back to Ronda again? Huh? Yeah, I sure
0: do. I think they'll go to Ronda, and then eventually she'll fight fight Becky at Mania. Uh, Bianca Belair,
4: Bailey ladder match. Bailey, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I quit match Edge Finn Balor. Edge, I think so too. Strap match McIntyre Kieran Cross. That to me is probably the most uh, obvious one to pick. But what do you think? Cross, I think Cross needs a big win. Interesting. Uh, they're billing this as the good old fashioned Donnie Brook match, Imperium against the Brawlin' Brutes.
0: Whew, um I would go, cause cause they got the title match. I think whoever doesn't win the title match, so I'm gonna go with Imperium actually. But Jesus, I can't wait for this. Yeah, they're gonna beat each other
4: pretty good. Now <laughs> they'd be great. They've only announced six matches. Do you know if there's plans for anything else? Obviously, there's there's going to be the White Rabbit stuff. but
0: So, yeah, I was told that they, they'd like to keep them to eight matches, but they also like to keep a crisp pace for this. So it wouldn't surprise me if they just added like one more in there. Uh, but, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But I don't think they'll go that much beyond that. But, ah, oh, damn, I'm so excited for that. It's all gonna right. Be a good sh- it's going to be a good show. And you know what? You know what, Jimmy? What, Sean? The Brawling Brutes and Imperium are going to beat the crap out of each other. They're going to be feeling rough the next few days. They they might have to have to change things like their diet and their schedule, but with athleticgreens.com Fightful, they're going to get all their vitamins because one scoop of AG1 contains 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced ingredients that include a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. It fills those nutritional gaps in your diet, supports energy, supports focus, Age with gut health and digestion. I love this. You want to drink your multivitamin. You don't want to take a tablet that passes right through you. And you know, when you're traveling, as much as I do too, you got to make sure that you get those nutritional gaps filled in your diet. And right now, when you go to athleticgreens.com slash Fightful, they give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. That's what I use when I am on the road. I can just uh, open them up, drop them into my drink, drink it up, and I'm good to go for the day. Keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. It's got less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. One of my favorite things about AG1 is how often they change. They have changed over 50 times over the last 10 years. So every few months, they are adapting with science. Whenever they figure out that something works better for you, they adjust it to help support that healthy immune system, to support that aid or, or support that gut health and digestion very, very important vitamins, minerals, dairy-free probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, athleticgreens.com slash
4: fightful. And when we do the list goes on today on Fightful Select, you know how last week we were talking about toys and not wrestling figures. Were you getting re- a,
0: an adult happy
4: meal, Jimmy? Uh no, my wife did though. I'm she about got to. one yesterday. Are you? what how, how was it? Uh, I think she's got like chicken nuggets and okay. they gave her like a little Jenga game, which is just a piece of shit thing, of, you know, cardboard <laughs> thing basically. But anyway, the list goes on this week. Sean and I last week talked about toys with a wrestling theme of some kind. Yes. And this week on the list goes on. I'm going to show you some of the ones that I have because I uh, took the time to take them out of the cabinets. So we'll talk about that later. Uh, okay. I want to, I want to talk to you about another AEW topic to get your opinion. So Dave Meltzer put a spotlight on this recently. The ticket advances for most of the upcoming AEW live events have not been great. Yeah, and I took to Twitter to ask people why do you think that is? Why do you think that the the ticket advances have been poor for most upcoming AEW live events? I
0: bet I know the answer.
4: So there were multiple answers. Uh, predominantly, one was they burned out markets. You because know, like, the
0: same damn places over and
4: over. Like, yep, yeah,
0: yep. Yeah. Our our friend uh, share Delaware was like, you know, I'm thinking about coming to the Cincinnati show. And I'm like, why the hell would she come to the Cincinnati show? It's like a five-hour drive, six-hour drive for her. And I looked at the schedule. they never go to the Midwest, like, beside Chicago. Right. But, like, what about the people that regularly want St. Louis or Kansas City or Indianapolis or something like that? Like, they don't go there nearly enough. Then I'm like, I I don't know why more wrestling companies don't jump on this, Jimmy save your west coast southern cities for the winter for the love of god that way when people go there it's warm weather they can pack lighter it's easier to travel in and out of you don't have to worry about getting snowed out and save like your your chicago's your new and all that stuff for the spring the fall the summer like to me it's common sense maybe it's maybe it's common sense maybe Somebody will come along and tell me like maybe a Raphael Morphy will hit me up and say, this is why you're dumb. I'm explaining it to you. But go into the same markets over and over and over. That's how you burn stuff out. Look what New Japan did with the, the L.A. Long Beach mm-hmm. market a few years ago. People didn't want to go there for a while.
4: Hit the West Coast for the love of God. Well, you remember before All Out uh, on this podcast, we talked about they booked the same venue in Chicago for Dynamite that week, for Rampage that week and for All Out. None of them were sold out the the week of the show. Yeah. And typically that used to be like an immediate sellout. None of them were sold out. And it was pretty clear it's because they were burning out the market. Yeah. So that's an obvious one. And especially when you look at Toronto is a new market for them and they sold out Dynamite. Seattle is a new market for them and they're probably going to sell out Seattle. So the markets is one. Another problem I think they're having is for some of these markets, they will book a separate Rampage taping in the same venue. And they've already preconditioned the audience to not give a shit about Rampage. And so, for example, Toronto next week, uh, Rampage is not sold out in in Toronto. Dynamite is, I believe Rampage is not. And that's a, a trend in a lot of markets because people just don't care enough to go to go to rampage especially in the same venue that just had dynamite that's another one some other answers that people gave on twitter that i want your opinion on uh some said not enough engaging storylines some said not enough marquee names uh and then the the, the rampage thing that i just talked about what are your thoughts on that I, i just wish they would try new
0: places at least see like they're doing pacific north northwest i'm so happy about that seattle yeah I mean, I, I'm not in their shoes, so I can't necessarily say, oh yeah, do this with Rampage, do that with, cause I don't, I don't have access to all the data that they have, but to me, it seems very simple. Go something different. Somebody says I'm getting an Indy ticket on November 30th. Didn't even realize they were going there, but, um, I'll, I might be there as well. I might end up going there. Uh, Chris Rain says WWE has been to Indy three or four times. AEW comes once a year at the most, and it's always in November where it's freezing. Exactly. Do that in run go there in September. Go there in April. Cyclops says I go every show in DC, Baltimore, and I'm burned out. The same places over and over again. We if Moxley
4: wasn't from Cincinnati,
0: I certainly wouldn't be going to Cincinnati for AEW shows once a year. They wouldn't be going there. Mm-hmm, They'd be going mm-hmm. somewhere else.
4: Why is it that when Rampage is a is a Friday night 10 o'clock time slot show that does On average, less than 500,000 viewers a week. Why did they do a separate taping for that? Why don't they just tape an hour worth of Rampage, a Diamond? Is because of dark?
0: Well, I think, yeah, because they got darks to fill out and stuff like that. And yeah.
4: Okay. Okay. So they use both tapings to get, because they got elevation too. So they use both tapings for all of that stuff. Okay. Yeah.
0: We have a couple more super chats. Jake Kohler says, thanks for the shout out. Hope to meet you in Charlotte. A tier content always. Well, I'll only be in Charlotte to, to fly to Toronto. I'm trying something different instead of going up to Cincinnati and driving the hour and a half up there, getting there an hour early. I'm going to try to roll out of my bed about 50 minutes before my flight takes off at this ghost town of an airport, Uh, go to Charlotte, then go to Toronto. Hopefully my connecting's hit. But I will be in North Carolina, as is tradition for um, Wrestlecade this year, as long as all works out. Uh, But hope to see you there. Nicholas says, what if they make Seth beat Bobby? And then the storyline is Bray and Bobby, because I feel Bobby is really credible and over right now. You know, Ray, Bobby oh, is Ray and
4: Bobby in a Bobby, meeting.
0: Bobby is a guy that I think would matter as well. I think I, I I don't dislike that at all. I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good.
4: Have they ever worked match?
0: I'll look. I don't recall. I don't recall. I'll look, but um, guys, get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. We got about ten minutes left in this show. But remember, uh, tonight we have the post AEW show. Uh, that you can send super chats, humper chats in. How about this? This week on Fightful, I interviewed Sean Oliver, who is one of my favorite interviewers of all time. Really inspired, like my style of interviewing. This week also, I interviewed Speedball Mike Bailey ahead of Bound for Glory. Love that talk. It was it was a really really good one. Uh, so check that out. But we have post shows for everything. I am not seeing a single. Lashley
4: Bray Wyatt, man. I it doesn't sound familiar to me. It doesn't sound familiar. Going back to Sean Oliver, you know, I'm not a massive podcast guy, but the one podcast that I find myself watching clips on YouTube over and over and over again is Kevin Nash with Sean Oliver. And I know that some people, you know, might not like Kevin Nash because he's his opinion. I do too. I really like Nash a lot. Yeah. Uh I find him to be, he might be the most intelligent pro wrestler of the last 20 years. Oh,
0: buddy. You know what I mean? When they had him on Fox News in light of the Benoit thing. Yep. And they thought they were getting the big, dumb, steroided-out wrestler. Yes. And what they got was college-educated, yep. very successful, well-spoken businessman, Kevin Nash. Because they tried to hit him with a the gotcha. They're like, do you think you should be steroid-tested like athletes? He goes, no, we're entertainers. What What are you thinking? And she she's going off about roid rage. And he's like, she goes, Have you taken steroids? Because I have, and I don't think that you're very, very uh knowledgeable about this. So was that
4: Nancy Grace?
0: No, it was a fill-in on Hannity and Combs.
4: Okay, because I remember Nancy Grace when they were doing the Benoit thing, they had a list oh, of boy, wrestlers. Yeah. They had a list of wrestlers that supposedly died from steroids or from uh from whatever. And Owen Hart was on the list. Yeah because that's oh, Nancy man. Grace. You know what I mean? No, I I really like Kevin Nash. I find him very intelligent uh, and he's so chill too. He so doesn't get, to get rattled at all. I was oh, so yeah? close to getting
0: an interview. I saw that I really I him. saw that somebody else got an interview with him and I was like how the hell did they get that interview. Oh yeah. So I hit up the people that set it up and they're like, "Yeah, let's do it." Then I got word that he wanted to like only be accessible on that show, which I understand, but I was like, "Damn, wish I would have got it before because Oliver and Nash were my favorite interview combo. Like that's what that's what inspired my interviews more than anything else. I want it to be lighthearted and informational, right? Like so. Sean Oliver and Ariel Helwani were like my two biggest inspirations, period. And uh, I did get to interview Sean Oliver this week, which um, I'm very happy about. A, a little thing that he won't remember, but in 2016, I reached out to a number of people. Uh, I think it was, I think even Eric Bischoff, Bruce Pritchard, Sean Waltman. Uh, but Sean Oliver was one of them about being a co-host on the post-RAW shows. Oh, really? And he's like, you know what? He's like, I'm thinking about it, but that means I'd actually have to watch the shows. And that doesn't sound that great to me.
4: Right, right, right. <laughs>
0: Graham says, loved your interview uh, with Sean Oliver. Shout out, Tedge. Uh, Joseph McClain says, is the if the payoff for White Rabbit is Saturday, what happens and what part of the show do you think it happens? I think there's a significant reveal there i don't know if it will be the payoff
4: maybe the puppets you know? or something
0: yeah and jim wright says i do have a sean oliver vibe in my interviews i i wish i could be as good as him i know it's not my my strongest suit but i, I need to do more i i like doing them in person an awful lot now but um i'm gonna sit down and do more uh interviews with with uh, so, some talent virtually as well. The good
4: thing with him too, sorry to cut you off is That's him okay. and Nas, him and Nash, you can tell that they're buddies in real life. Mm-hmm. And so they play off each other really well. And yeah. and Oliver will joke around with them and she like it. They, they are good. It is, like I said, probably the only podcast that I will seek out clips yeah. on YouTube.
0: Cyclops says got to get a too cold Scorpio Scorpio interview bro. Got to. Yeah, I, I do. He's honestly probably one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He was my favorite wrestler for a very long time. I went to a Black Label Pro show last year, Jimmy, and I didn't know he was on the card. And I remember uh, my friend Xenia like, walked up to me and she is like, you are in awe right now. Because I had no idea that he was going to be on that show and I had never got to see him uh, live. So that was- Did you get a
4: nice signed 8 by 10 Sean?
0: I didn't. I don't ask people to <laughs> sign stuff. Uh, there was one time, and we still haven't done it, but the, the Jeff Jarrett guitar that I have that broke, Jeff has agreed to smash it and then sign the pieces at some point, And then we'll probably auction them off. That's cool. That's cool. K775 says, who do you think will be in the war game match? Uh, Bloodline and somebody else for sure. And then damage control and somebody else. That's gotta, that's gotta happen. But no
4: red versus blue. Exactly. None of that bullshit.
0: That's done. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we mentioned Bray Wyatt. I wanted to bring up the fact that Fightful Select broke this news yesterday. And it's a big piece of news. WWE hired a new director of long-term creative, which is a role that they probably needed for a long time, Jimmy. Rob Fee, who is a big wrestling fan, is a successful writer, um, has a lot of, lot of friends in the business as well. A Kentucky boy, I understand. More even though the positive reception that I've heard for him being involved, this is to oversee the continuity of, the sense of the creative. They have long needed this Jimmy, but the guy that they had on on top and Vince McMahon just wasn't that Bray Wyatt. Mm. However, does have some connections in digging around and finding out this news. I found out that Rob fee last year pitched directly to Nick Khan, a fiend movie. And it seemed like it was going to happen. And then unfortunately the release happened. Hmm. Now, if WWE is going to make one movie, the Page movie obviously was the successful one. That was a brilliant one. The Fiend one makes sense. Low budget, high return, high yield. You're gonna get that money out of people. But I think this is a great position to hire for. They need somebody like that.
4: Interesting. What was the cane one called again?
0: Sino No Evil. It did well See, too. Right.
4: It did. It, it probably they there. It might have been one of their top grossing films. So I, I think,
0: think I think Fighting with My Family was the top because uh Sino No Evil was a budget of eight million, box office of 18. So that's that's pretty good. Uh, the Marine, as I look, I think it did, it did 22 million, but fighting with my family was like one of the big ones. As I see, Let wasn't
4: me... it, wasn't it a rock movie? And then like they, he just kind of partnered with WWE kind of thing or something.
0: Yeah. But I mean, still they'll take what they can They're get. Still, executive producer. Or whatever. 11 million, uh, budget 41 million at the box office.
4: Interesting. Did you see, uh, I'm so going off the rails on this one, but it just popped in my head. Did you see Matt Damon on Hot Wings talking about the movie business? No, I'd love to watch that though. Fascinating. Fascinating. So he basically said that in today's market, you cannot put small movies, like small artistic movies in the theater. He said, all you can do are the big budget movies. And the way he explained it was whatever the budget is for a movie, they typically spend the same amount on marketing. Yeah. Yeah. So now you have to make X amount back in order to break even. Then he said that the distributor makes half the revenue, meaning the movie theater makes half the revenue. So for example, if you put 50 million into a movie plus 50 in marketing, that's a hundred, but you split with the theater. That means that you got to make 200 to break even. Oh my God. And so he was talking about how the the movie business has so changed. When you just talked about uh, revenue yeah, and gross profit, a lot of it it's a rights it. fees
0: business these days. Like that's that's the nature yeah, it's very works.
4: different. And and he the other thing he talked about was he said that it used to be that DVD was your second stream. Yeah, uh, but now they don't have that. They don't have that
0: now. Yeah, no. I mean, I I found myself renting movies more than I have in fifteen years, though. But and also because it is so accessible. But uh, Joel Wood says, who do you think returns to WWE in the next two months? Do you think Tony maintains his hardline stance on not releasing anybody? Seems kind of risky. Yes, I think he maintains his hardline stance. I think he should. Contracts mean something. Um, who, I think Bray Wyatt returns in the next two months. That's that's what I think. Um, I think he's coming back, and I think, I don't know if we'll see Sh- Naomi and Sasha, but I hope so. They need them, too. Nicholas says, do you see Charlotte coming out at the end of Live versus Ronda? Uh, I hope so. I think the roster, especially SmackDown, could use her an awful lot too. I think that would make sense.
4: Feels like she's been out forever. What was her last she, match?
0: Uh, it's been a while. I mean, she she got rode off to take time off and get married and stuff. Was it Mania? No, no, no. It was like in May.
4: Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while.
0: Michael Taylor with a very generous super chat. Big thank you for this. He says, online, Eric Rowan has been posting items for the White Rabbit too. With Eric and Bray being friends, do you believe Rowan will return? I, I don't maybe cameos. I think cameos would be good. I don't know if that would be a fit. I would love to see cross Braun, and Bray, like three guys who can be perceived as top guys in one, one stable. I don't know if Rowan can be that, but also if you want Rowan to have a new partner that that could fit into, if you're looking to lean him into the tag division, I don't think so, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Honestly, I think if Bray wants it, I think it'll happen. I think it'll. I think it'll go down.
4: I mean, Sarah did the Viking Raiders segment, so it's always possible for for him to, you know, just show up here and there if he wants. And with
0: Triple H, all that type of stuff is is far more of a possibility than it was before. But um, but uh, yeah, reminder, guys, leave us a thumbs up on this video. It helps us an awful lot. Uh, Jimmy, I also saw that the Great Muta was on your list i just yes. want to say the sting thing meant an awful lot to me it's the only thing that made me say i wish i went to new york because the first image of professional wrestling i ever saw was rick flair standing on one turnbuckle great muta standing on the other with a huge cage around them and sting scaling that cage all three of those people are still active technically yeah but seeing those two Flair's hair did it for me. That, that was like, <laughs> wow, that's cool. But it was the two face painted guys that I saw that made me go, "What is this? I'm never gonna stop watching it." Uh, so uh, yeah, what what did you have on the docket for
4: him? So January twenty second, Pro Wrestling Noah is going to do a Great Muda retirement card yeah. in Yokohama, Japan, uh, and they've announced that he is scheduled to team up with Sting, which is cool because Sting is definitely his biggest American rival. I was introduced to him along with uh, Inoki and along with uh, uh, Fujinami and all these other guys when WCW had the partnership with New Japan in the late 80s, early 90s. Muda, if you are not familiar with the great Muda, aside from the guy that you see now, the guy that wears the mask and all that, if you're not familiar with the great Muda from the 80s and 90s, look him up on YouTube because he was sensational. He's the first wrestler that I think I ever saw that worked two characters at the same time. Sometimes he was KG Muda, which is his real name. And he just wore trunks and had no face paint. Sometimes he was the great Muda with the pants and the face paint and the mist. And he reminds me of Kenny Omega. You know how Kenny Omega can go from zero to 60 in a flash. Muda could do that. He could move. He's because he was, he's a, a deceptively big guy. And he could move really, really well. And if you look him up on YouTube, look up the springboard elbow in the corner, which was amazing. And the running elbow drop. I wish somebody does that. Does anybody emulate that today? The running elbow drop, like he does.
0: Here I say that Kenny Omega's like mannerisms are based off of it. I think that the people's elbow was inspired by it. Like somewhat. Who does it? Me every day. Me every day when I jump on the couch, I do it. Oh, That's yeah? who does it. So it's not a foreplay thing for you. It's when you're going to watch television. Maybe
1: it is. Maybe <laughs> it is.
0: What's it to you? uh But yeah, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. List goes on on Fightful Select. I'm also going to have a bit of the backstage reaction to the Andrade Sammy thing on Fightful Select. Again, please subscribe to fightfulselect.com. If you signed up, uh, don't forget. Your, your thing lapses one month from when you sign up. It is no longer the old Patreon method of, oh, well, you sign up on the fifth or sixth and you get billed again on the first. We got that out the door. We were one of the first Patreons to have it on anniversary billing. We're back here tonight for post-AEW, but list goes on. Fightful Select, we're out.
1: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too.